Have you ever paused for a second to think what dream you have for Uganda? What is the identity of Uganda beyond what colonizers have named us? How does mainstream global media represent us? What narratives of Uganda do we propagate as Ugandans? What is our individual dream and collective dream for this beautiful country of ours? Hello, and welcome to Nyamshana's podcast. Today, we would like to reimagine Uganda. Not your usual feminist topic, but every topic is a feminist topic. The function of art, according to Bell Hooks, is to do more than tell it like it is. It's to imagine what is possible. And that is what I'm doing today with my co-host, the brilliant Patience Akumu, a Ugandan feminist and award-winning journalist. Hello, Patience. Hi, Prue. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you. I am so honored and privileged to host you. It's an honor and privilege to be here <laughs> and paint a picture of the Uganda we want. Yes. What do you think about the topic? Is it something you're expecting? No. When you contacted me, I thought you would talk politics, gender-based violence. But it's, it's good. It's a privilege to have the space as feminists to draw a picture of the Uganda that was formed at the beginning of time mm -hmm. and also think through what it has become and what as feminists we should have it become. Yeah. So this is an exciting conversation that I can't wait to delve into. When we were at the drawing table, the so-called founding fathers probably had like one woman in the room. I don't know who was in the room. <laughs> <laughs> there was no woman in that room. Yeah. The women came in 1995 when they were uh, thinking about the constitution. Mm -hmm. And even then it was very, very, um, it was a very hot topic. It was contestable. It was controversial. Yeah. Should we have an article on women's rights in yeah. the constitution? Should we have equality? Um, um, even up to now, there are countries where there is equality in every sphere apart from the family. So that was also an issue in Uganda. Mm -hmm. We can have inequality at law, but should there be equality within the family? Yeah. So all these conversations were had in 1995. But before 1995, it was the men fighting the white man and looking for their space without much thought of women. And I can see how far they've taken us so far. <laughs> It's a train wreck, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is, and uh, our we we are just being audacious to talk about the dreams that we have because we are using our writers as uh, Ugandans, even beyond just feminists, but as Ugandans, we have all the right to dream about our country. Absolutely. What did what did founding what did the founders of Uganda imagine Uganda as? <laughs> well, um, okay, so the men who are thinking this country, Uganda, and you can get this through reading, especially novels of post-colonial Uganda, uh, if you read Okothpil Baitek, if you read Athaga Kwandi, mm -hmm. and a few other authors writing about um, the, the African man, 
post-colonialism. All he wanted was to be in that chair that the white man used to be. And they were fighting for a kind of equality, yes, political equality, but also economic equality, equal opportunities. I want to go to work. I don't want to be an office assistant. Mm -hmm. I want to be the boss. I want to be the driver of this train called Uganda. So they imagined Uganda where everybody had opportunity to be the best person they could be, to earn a living, to Mm -hmm. Travel abroad and get an education, whether it was in UK, whether it was in Soviet Union. Yeah. They wanted to go and pick all this knowledge and bring it back and make Uganda. But it was also a very elitist Uganda. Yeah. And in a way, it was building on the colonial legacy where there were whites and then there were blacks and mm-hmm. then now there were men and then there were women and then there were educated men and the uneducated men and women. So there, there were all these, these colonial legacies that were carried forward from the Uganda that was carved out at that time. I think the African man realized that there's beauty in being in a privileged position. They they literally wanted to become the white man. Mm -hmm. They wanted to have a houseboy. They wanted to be called sir. I think we see it in all the formalities in ourselves. Yes, sir. You know, I am the PS. You know, Mr. President. I am honorable. Honorable. (laughs) (laughs) We've maintained all the hierarchies. You see, when the president is talking um, and and the president is important and it should be honored but also yeah. you can see the patriarchy within i have decided i have decided it's not we've decided as a team of experts it's mm-hmm. not very consultative and that is exactly how it was supposed to be the white colonialist is at the head the final decision is there and you do not have much say it's not it's not coincidence that inequalities exist in the country mm-hmm. between men and women between the poor and the rich we see it's the story of how we live in Uganda where in Kololo you know that was supposed to be for the white people the colonialist very organized green and then you go to Kamocha the Indians are going to live there Mm -hmm. it's a bit organized but uh, you know it's not Kololo and then you go to lower Kamocha the ghettos and of course if you reach Chitezi it's another story (laughs) the the roads are falling apart oh my god getting to Chitezi is another story (laughs) yes the portals but you can see the inequalities as you go away from the city and and from the suburbs and inequalities that were a legacy of colonialism and Mm -hmm. we carry them on you see if you we are investing where you find that in nigeria and chisasi now they're building their roads they're fixing them uh, but it's not going to happen further out maybe in kawempe division Mm -hmm. or wakiso is still a bit lacking behind parts of it because again we the government knows where the elites are it knows what the elites want and it's going to first take care of the people who already have before going to address the the slum dwellers or the needs of the have-nots and it's really a legacy of the colonialism and how we carved out the country wow what narrative of uganda do we carry given that amazing introduction to our talk what narrative do we carry as ugandans as a result i think as ugandans we have a very low opinion of our country which is Mm. a bit sad because after all is said and done it's a beautiful country with beautiful people but um with the sweetest pineapple i brag about the pineapple (laughs) everywhere i go (laughs) and the oranges you can be abroad and go and buy oranges and say yeah oranges and then you eat them and and they're nothing like your oranges Mm -hmm. or your mangoes or even your tomatoes so it's a beautiful place everything is organic organic food is also very 
expensive. <laughs> Outside Uganda, here you get it at what, 200 shillings yeah. for even 100 shillings for an organic tomato. So it's, it's a beautiful country, but it's hard to see this beauty through all the cracks and the ashes. It's hard. And it's, through uh, our faces. <laughs> when, when you're driving to work in the morning, you look at people's faces and people are... Like, you know that emoji, the sad, <laughs> the smile is turned upside down. And I'm like, look, it's a beautiful day. What is going on in these minds of Ugandans? It tells you a lot about what is going on. It does. Mm -hmm. Well, it's hard to be happy when you're hitting potholes and the traffic is Aww. uncontrolled. So... <laughs> I'm probably one of those who drive with the the sad face soon. But yeah, I think that um, the narrative that we have of Uganda within us is that of a country that's failing. Mm -hmm. A country that has failed the young people, a country that has failed women. We are talking unemployment, uh, yes. We are talking unacceptable levels of domestic violence. Right now in COVID-19, we've seen reports of the pregnant girls uh, who, who who may not go back to school. We uh, we, we have that narrative of um, high level high matern maternal mortality rates in yeah. our hospitals. Is yeah. this a reality? Mm. If you get pregnant, you know that you might not come out. It's a 50-50 chance uh, you might die. So I think that um, the narrative is quite a sad, heavy one that we have in our hearts. Mm. I think um, our narrative is one uh, of that of a people who who do not really have a leader who is looking out for them. We see it with the COVID-19 response. Absentee father. Uh, exactly, an absentee father. A father mm. who is very strong and patriarchal, mm -hmm. but when you need him the most, to love and guide you and maybe cuddle you a bit. He's just absent. Yeah. We're seeing it with the COVID-19 response. Mm -hmm. the people, it's a serious disease. It's killing people. We must all take care. But there is not enough trust in the system. So people to say, yes, what the government says is true. Yeah. Because this is the same government um, that cannot take our kids to school. We are spending a lot of money in private schools because we don't trust the And yet we schools. pay a lot of money in, in pairs you earn. Exactly. I should be able to take my kids to Chitezi Primary yes. School and be comfortable and know that my kid will have a future. But it's not the case. Yeah. The, the teacher will probably come in drunk. Mm -hmm. The teacher is going to cane my kids. The teacher is disillusioned <laughs> because they are not being paid enough money. That's too. So I think that, yeah, it's not a very good narrative. But also, I think we take it with a lot of humor. Mm -hmm. uh, there, are, there are a lot of jokes around our country if you look at the memes that people make yeah. out of out of our problems. So I think we are a very humorous country mm. and we are a country that's happy no matter what. The happiness indices always show our happiness level way up there, whether it's consuming alcohol, we consume it and party. It's the party <laughs> city. Yeah. So there is also that narrative where um, we, have, we are very stoic people. We push it no matter what. Yeah. I, I guess we, when you grow up without a father loving you and cuddling, you, you learn to survive mm -hmm. and to find your own ways to be happy and that's out there as well so how does uh mainstream global media represent us because we are always fighting with them you are misrepresenting us you're calling us uh Connie 2012 idi <laughs> so how does this global media represent us i think that um, <laughs> I, I you know i i write for the guardian and yeah. the observer and I do know that there is a big global media problem. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just this 
specific papers, but it's general. It's, you know, it's, it's from history again. It's from colonialism. It's from aid and how we are always on the receiving end mm -hmm. of things. It's from the fact that if you're in UK and you're in the trains, you're probably standing next to a signpost saying, give one dollar so that kids in Africa can be treated of worms yeah. um, uh, or malaria, you know, <laughs> and you're standing right next to it. <laughs> As an African, or you yeah. go to a posh restaurant and mm -hmm. you're the only African there, and then there's a signpost for every cup of coffee you take, some money is going, going to save to Africa. someone in Wharton, Africa. As Africa is like one huge place. <laughs> Where the kids have worms and malaria and oh worms. My so, yeah, the it's, you know, the way the world looks at Africa has not changed much, even when they claim that it has changed. Mm -hmm. And this inevitably seeps into media and sometimes media doesn't set their agenda it follows their agenda and yeah. this is very clear when it comes to international media coverage mm. they know what their audiences want to read and they're going to write for those audiences mm. and i remember one time i pitched a story uh, it wasn't for the guardian observer it was for another paper and it was on gay rights that i used to write about at the time when it was a hot topic and they said somebody in Uganda has just been killed on the streets uh, for being gay and they sent these pictures. I think yeah. it was a Nigerian man who had been killed somewhere. I said, no, this person hasn't been killed. The situation is bad, but nobody has been killed. Mm -hmm. They said, imagine like 10 emails back and forth, somebody assuring me that it's true somebody has been killed. I said, so no, I'm here. So if the editor seated <laughs> in, a, in an office in London wants a story, they seem to have a story in mind. Exactly. When they're asking you to tell a story. Yeah. And I'm sure most foreign correspondents would attest to that. Yeah. No, it's true. They have what they know what they want and mm -hmm. you have to give it to them. They actually tell it's you we poverty, want blood. It's disease, yes. it's blood. Yes. They will yeah. even tell you this is not bad enough. You can tell them people are dying in the mines. They're like, How many died? One? No, I want real blood. You mm -hmm. see. They're paying for they're paying for it because it's it's what their audiences want. And I think that as Africans we can't expect much from international media. Yeah. And I've always, I dream of Africa one day having a media house, a CNN. I don't know if it will ever happen. I definitely don't have the means to make it happen. If I did, I would. There's one called African News, but you can see that they're not well funded. Yeah. Because sometimes they break news about Uganda that happened like a week ago. Yes. And I'm thinking, okay... Uh, well, I don't know. There's a the, uh, international media painting Uganda. It's it's a bit sad, but also again, it's it comes from our realities. Yeah. You c even when the stories are sad and and they are negative, it's also the fact that we have a lot of negative things at home. So it it plays both ways. Mm -hmm. If if you're witch hunting gay people, yeah. if you're policing women's bodies. Um, if you're always throwing your opponents into prison, mm -hmm. um, you can't completely blame international media for, <laughs> for giving you this negative narrative. Yeah. You're doing a bit to fuel it. So, you're fueling uh, <laughs> the fire. Yes. <laughs> so I think we have work to do within. I mean, the countries, I was, I was reading, I think the Times had a beautiful piece on Senegal's COVID-19 success. Mm -hmm. You see? Yeah. Uh, because the innovations around the innovation 
operations, yeah. how efficient they have been. Mm -hmm. And yes, the story hasn't been told enough, but yeah. eventually when you do good, somebody's going to sit up to and notice. listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's both ways. It would be probably good uh, in, at this moment to talk about how social media users are actually are fighting back this narrative. Yeah, <laughs> what do you have to say about it? Wow. You know, what comes to mind is um, this, when Trevor Noah was being told to come to Uganda. Do you remember mm -hmm. that yes, social media fight? Yeah, and <laughs> I think he, he mentioned that he felt like there was nothing really uh, to see in Uganda. Or mm -hmm. He implied that he'd rather go to Kenya or other places. So they were convincing him to come to Uganda. And, and, and in situations where people feel Uganda is under attack, there was also that comment of Uganda is not Spain, or yes. Spain is not Uganda. Yeah. And and <laughs> that time Spain was suffering economically. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, um, the EU, I think, was raising issues about Spain. And then the president said, don't worry, we are not Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> We can never and that's a hashtag. So, yes, Spain is not, not Uganda. Uganda. Yeah. But you see, uh, social media is a place where Ugandans put aside all their differences. I don't care if you support NRM or people power. Mm -hmm. If if somebody descends on Uganda, we are going to show them that it's a beautiful country with the yeah. Rolex chapati. Yeah. We are going to show them that we have beautiful hills and mountains <laughs> from Kavale, so mm -hmm. you know this yeah. beauty. And uh, we are going to show them that, you know, it's, it's a place that goes beyond the political economic narratives of poverty and political instability. Yeah. It's a place with real human beings who have problems, but who also um, live in a beautiful piece of the earth mm -hmm. and they have dreams and they have aspirations yeah. and they get somewhere. We also see uh, Ugandans are really promoting their own in cases where somebody wins a gold medal for mm -hmm. athletics we shall, again. Be, exactly. <laughs> Keep we shall be on that oh when uh, our miss uganda won miss miss wild africa mm -hmm. so i think we are very patriotic not the other patriotism of Chankwanzi. Of the 34-year-old <laughs> liberators. Yes. <laughs> no, not that. But mm. that, I think there's, there's, and social media showed us this, that there's mm. a lot of love and commitment that Ugandans have for their country. And yeah. they see the good in it, even if they don't always talk about it. Mm. And if I was a politician, I would probably tap into this love, you know, to see how we can get more people to work towards building the country they want. I think mostly they feel alienated. We feel mm -hmm. alienated. Like we have this love, we have this passion, we really want our country out there. But yeah. you're powerless to do much about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I always, like, uh, whenever I get an opportunity to travel out of the country, I am like the PR of Uganda. I forget about all the potholes that led me to the airport. <laughs> and suddenly it's the sweetest this and the hills. And I am pulling out all the nice photos of Lake Bunyoni. <laughs> I love my country. But then what happens? Sometimes you're like, the father that is in charge of this house doesn't really care about us. Yeah, do you do you carry your mushanana? I I find it? something a hoodie that has something about Uganda or I'm quick to say oh I'm from Uganda. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously some people are Uganda is it uh, next to Ghana? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you, you went to school, you can use the map. Yeah. So what what is the identity? Okay, someone warned me against using so, so I'm trying to... Oh, so. <laughs> we yeah. also say so as Ugandans. Ugandans use yes, so a lot. Yes, so Yeah. <laughs> if I say so, so many times, try, trust me, I'm fighting. This is a battle. Okay. It's Uglish, you know? Uglish, yeah. Our little phrases. Yeah. What is the identity of Uganda beyond colonizer phrases like Pearl of Africa? That's a good one. We don't even have pearls, do we? No. Yeah, in Uganda. Pearls yeah. are, are from the sea. Yeah, we are not close to the sea. Yeah, so there mm -hmm. you go. Very. And that phrase is very problematic yeah. because it was uh, Winston Churchill yeah. that coined it yeah. when he was asking the colonizers to pay attention to Uganda. Yeah, like go, go, dominate, <laughs> go, dominate that beautiful piece of land. Okay somewhere in Africa, coined it the Pearl of Africa. Yeah. But for every advert that that visits uh, Uganda, the, mm. the tourism board uses, Uganda is the Pearl of Africa. <laughs> I mean, what is our identity beyond these colonizer yeah. phrases? Yeah, I, I know it's, it's actually difficult yeah. to see ourselves outside the colonizer's eye mm -hmm. because everything good unfortunately is at the standard of the colonizer and maybe mm -hmm. i digress but i'm talking about who is a beautiful girl the light-skinned one the one who looks more like the colonizer who um, has good uh, hair who, good good, good. <laughs> mm -hmm. not not our kawake i've seen your kawake pro <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's beautiful but for me that's, it's long and thick but i wish it was straighter or you know uh, so everything good it, who is a clever person the one who speaks good english, english. and doesn't say so yes <laughs> <laughs> so our standards are are a little twisted from the yeah. beginning mm -hmm. And it's it's hard to look. And who is more prestigious, the one who went to a university in England, exactly, or an exotic European university? And when you're counting your awards, you start with the British one, uh -huh. yes, or oh, the American, one. <laughs> the American one. <laughs> so it's very difficult to think of an identity other than that of the colonizers, mm -hmm. but. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that there are some young people who are deliberately uh, trying to get away from this model. Of course, every now and then the circle comes and you're caught in it. Yeah. But I'm talking people like Afros and more, the entrepreneur, yes. who has been doing a lot for African hair and trying to show us that we have an identity. Mm -hmm. we, uh, I'm talking um, Dere Center, which yeah. is which and uh, how the gentleman has been able to put his energy into creating a place mm -hmm. that talks about Uganda and yeah. stories of past and celebrates mm -hmm. our culture through dance, through music, outside the colonial lens. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, many times it's still for the colonial gaze. You yeah, see, yeah, even yeah. when we are doing our musical performances, who's going to the recent? Uh, it's, yeah. it's going to be mostly white people. And somehow you find that you have to rebrand. And, and pay attention to them. So I think the process of an ident a Ugandan identity, which is outside the colonial gaze, which is mm -hmm. which is our very own to enjoy, I think that it's still work in progress, and we have to actually think as a country: who are we? If 
if it's not through the British lens. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll bring out an issue I always talk about. Even in our schools, mm -hmm. you find that kids are being told to cut off their hair because it's bad black right. hair. Yeah. And yeah. we are carrying on this legacy and this system and nobody's even asking questions around do we have to be this Uganda or can we create our own Uganda? Do we have to wear suits to work or can I put on bitenge? You know, can I put on back cloth to work without causing a yeah. star? I think we need to shape our country and there is still space for it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like nobody is really thinking about our non-colonial identity yes. and so we remain the pearl of Africa we, it, without thinking through without what does that even, even mean? mean I mean why should I be a pearl maybe I want to be a little rough around the edges yeah. and be okay with that mm -hmm. you see maybe I want to be rugged I keep thinking we do not have to aspire to be as Western as possible. Okay, we are celebrating, we are inventing cars. Mm -hmm. We are, you know, what we celebrate as progress, we have built another factory, which is okay. Yeah. But we can never get there. Those people are way ahead. Mm -hmm. We should start rethinking development. We should start thinking, do we need more big buildings or do we need more huts in the city yeah. um, to, to show culture and, and, and significance? Significant. Significant. something. This is the English problem I'm talking about. <laughs> so do, do, we need, do we need more green spaces or do we need more big malls? Yeah. You know, we really Talk this about green spaces. <laughs> we have no green space in Kampala. But then you, you are competing that? to be in New York. And but New how York can is we be New York without uh, Central Park? Well, well, that's the other part. We are looking at the city side of New York where people are lining up for cabs. But also, these are, these, I think we have a chance to learn that yeah. what people consider civilization and development has mm -hmm. actually failed people. Mm -hmm. The kind of uh, development where we are measuring GDP, we are measuring, mm -hmm. you know, um, per capita income, we are measuring growth in this way. It's not working. Yeah. We need, and we shouldn't aspire for these things. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's what we are still aspiring for. We should aspire for an Africa where we're asking our, our kids having quality, relevant education, mm -hmm. Ugandanized education. Are they, are they learning what they need to learn or are they learning what the colonizer wants them to learn? Mm -hmm. are, they, are they learning about how to shape our narrative or are they learning how to play to the colonizer's tune. I am still so, wondering why I learned the Rhinelands. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's a lot of things that we learned that it's not helpful. Yeah. And if you go why to didn't Europe, we spend time instead of uh, uh, reading about the Rhinelands, why didn't we spend time reading about the Nile lands, like yeah. wow. how can we develop the Nile lands? Because the Nile is our reality. The rain is not our reality. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And the Albertine region, which suddenly became so important with yeah, the oil. With the oil. Exactly. People can't even trust the Albertine region, but they can tell you where the Rhine lands are. Yeah. And when you go to America or Europe, the sad part is they don't know a thing about your country and they don't care. They are self-contained. They don't know but where your country Look, I told you they ask you, is Uganda close to Ghana? <laughs> yeah, and then you're struggling to know every detail about them. And we think that if I don't know where Kensington Street is in UK, then I am not educated, educated. enough. Yeah. You see, so I don't know. When I saw the question on narrative, I just thought, okay, so uh, what is our uh, narrative outside the, colon the colonial one? 
Mm. I think I think that we are yet to write it. In the presence of Netflix, digital media, mm. and Instagram, do you think there is hope for this narrative to change? <laughs> yeah, Especially from the young Ugandans. Yeah, I think I think digital media presents an, an opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But now you see that you see thing where if you want to broadcast something, this could be our last podcast. <laughs> this be our last podcast. <laughs> yeah. So like um, who comes up with those I that will be a topic for another day. It should be. I mean <laughs> while the world is opening up spaces and encouraging people to use social media to yeah. tell stories, to build narratives, they're trying to control our narrative yeah. Yeah, in, in this space that was free before today so i think that our narrative is growing mm -hmm. i'm not on the other side but people probably know more about africa from social media from i have a few yes. friends in um, who are in us who are in uk who are in other countries when they see that i'm not posting pictures of poverty but i'm in a beautiful mm -hmm. kutenga i'm at a traditional wedding and they're like oh this this person is always happy in yeah. spite in spite <laughs> that media says she should be yeah. angry and sick mm -hmm. so i think social media presents an opportunity with Netflix there's a lot of African content on Netflix mm -hmm. particularly Nigerian content yeah I get that is also problematic because sometimes this this um, this for us choose one part of Africa and also that's a colonizer trick mm -hmm. okay you're complaining we are not representing you enough now so we shall we go are to the Nigeria <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. and, and we are doing enough for Africa yeah, and then they'll be <laughs> like okay we are in Africa but hey, you're just in one small piece of African land. Exactly. So I don't know. I, we need our own Netflix. Yeah. We, I think we need to do what the Chinese did. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know why we don't pick enough lessons from, mm -hmm. from Asia. Just close up your country a bit. Not, not to the extent of being a dictatorship. But just just close up a bit and start to think what you can do. If there is Facebook, why do you need to join the Facebook forum? Yeah. Why can't you have your own version of Facebook? Mm -hmm. You know, if if you're watching media, can we have our media in our languages more? Can we can we think of a national language as a country that is not Uganda, which is also so controversial because then yeah. ethnicities come to play. But I think I think it would take a radical radical change for a Ugandan narrative to surpass what Netflix is telling us, yeah. to dominate social media. It can happen, but it doesn't happen automatically. Mm. It happens when the heart of the leadership is in the right place, when they don't think art is immoral, when they mm. don't think Nyege is the way to hell. Yeah. They actually embrace these, these artistic things and celebrate artistic people. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at the film industry, for instance, filmmakers, many of them are struggling I had a friend who was, you know, fundraising in the midst of a very tight regulated environment. They're charging in dollars to make, make a short film yeah. because in their yeah. minds, films are a Western thing. Mm -hmm. They're limiting your themes because they don't want certain themes. You might go and good for forbid you talk about gay people or women who are errands <laughs> and that is not enough. So all this gagging is standing in the way because I think we have a system that is too afraid to explore, mm -hmm. that is too afraid of the cultural revolution because the cultural revolution often becomes the political revolution mm -hmm. and so for now in such a system there's, there's not much hope that we can complete with Netflix but if we invested in actually our arts yeah. and our culture and bringing it out and we stop 
aspiring to Western standards, mm -hmm. but carve out our own narratives. I think it can happen. It can happen if we also stop um, uh, controlling and 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 minimizing our content creators. Mm. Uh, I think there's a TV channel, PAL, PAL. Uh, PAL produces good Ugandan sitcoms and all these things. But Ugandans are not paying attention. But it's a bit different from music, though. I think Ugandan yeah. music, and it's something I'm so proud of, uh -huh. has really picked we up. We thank our Congolese <laughs> brothers and sisters, <laughs> though. For showing us. Because, like, early in the 90s, it was Lingara, like mm. you'd go everywhere, Lingara. But then um, Nigerian music, but but still you can see the narratives. When uh, is it Banner Boy? That's that's the yeah. story of Banner of uh, I think was it BBC one of those uh, media houses said that Beyonce has shed a light on Banner Boy. Can you imagine? And I'm thinking, really, <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah, guys. Let, let me tell you a story. So I, a musician from, I think, UK, came to Uganda. I had never heard of her. She mm. contacted me. I googled her. There wasn't enough information. I said, okay, I'll meet her anyway. And then she said, I'm here to help Eddie Kenzo. What? <laughs> oh, my God. No way. Were her songs on iTunes or what? You couldn't find her on Google. I think I have more Google finds to my name than she does. Oh no, <laughs> oh no. Yes, but she very confidently said she wants to help Eddie Kenzo. Oh no. So yeah, this doesn't this Eddie Kenzo have a BET award? I know, that's, you know, it's like your skin color is, oh. <laughs> makes you better by default. It doesn't matter if you've won awards or, or if have you've made zero it. songs. <laughs> yeah, but if you come from the Western, whatever you do with a black person, you're helping them oh gosh yeah so it's it's an issue in our arts in our music in our podcasts uh yeah people people first of all it's within ugandans themselves there's mm. this joke that if you if you want to succeed just get a white godfather if you're running mm. an NGO, get a white person to sit somewhere <laughs> in the background and it's going to work out mm -hmm. and again it's internalized racism as well yeah. as a ugandan you think that it's of better quality yeah if it's been touched by the white uh, the white godmother godfather's magic wand it's just going to work itself out yeah. so it's it's our outlook and we have to change it as well we have to stop seeing good music, good podcasts, um, music we are going forward, but good plays, Pal Magic. Mm -hmm. Who watches Pal Magic? You're going to watch. If if you like, I like BET because it's black entertainment. Mm -hmm. it's, it's my way to assuage my guilt for not watching enough <laughs> Pal Magic. Mm -hmm. But you're going to watch Mnet, you're going to watch ETV, you're going to watch Comedy Central, which which is really full of white comedies I had never really realized. Yeah. So, yeah, but you're not going to tune into Pal Magic. Your children are going to watch Disney, but they won't watch this. By the way, we have beautiful, interesting cartoons on mm -hmm. our local channels yeah ugandan kids or ugandan people making cartoons for kids very educative very relevant mm -hmm. but we're not looking at them so we need to pick out what we consume as ugandans and support our own yeah yeah 
what role can our generation play in shaping? You've touched a little bit. Um, <laughs> that is if we are not being over uh, hopeful. <laughs> but what role can our generation play in shaping the future and identity of our Uganda? <sighs> the, the question of solutions. They say we are good at crying and mourning yeah. and not having solutions. But, I, you know, I look at Uganda and I'm disillusioned. You just showed me the video of a man beating another and he's going to aspire for political office and win. And we know men who violate women in public, say disparaging things about them, yeah. justify rape We culture. have the tribalism. We have the blatant tribalism and ethnicism. How am I supposed to fit in the country? <laughs> when I go downtown Kampala and then someone is yelling, you, Munyarwanda, I don't even Imagine. know. I'm like, you, Munyarwanda, what? I am not Munyarwanda. Mm. I am M. Chiga from Kabale. Mm? So, uh, how am I supposed to feel like I'm welcoming to my own country when, you know, there are those or men not respecting uh, me as a Ugandan woman? When you see the movies, men will burn the whole world to fight for their women. And I think that is what Hollywood has done with, especially with the white woman. You see the white men are burning the whole world. Um, what's this guy? John, John, John who? Rambo. No. <laughs> John Wick. John Wick killed almost everyone to avenge the death of his wife. Mm. But we are busy killing our wives. I'm not saying that white people are not killing because uh, during the lockdown, there's a high level of, uh, of uh, domestic violence, uh, gender-based violence in the UK. But those are not narratives Hollywood puts out there. Mm. They, they make us feel like uh, the women are respected. And But how am I supposed to feel like I'm welcome in my own country when I can't take a walk without being cut cold. Yeah. No, yeah. the everyday harassment that we Ugandans face, especially yeah. if you're different in any way. Mm -hmm. If you're a woman, if people feel like you're a Munyaranda or a Munyankole and they're like, I won't even sell to you my tomatoes because mm -hmm. you are from the wrong ethnicity. If you're Luo and you look really Luo, or uh, you're from West Nile, you'll walk the streets and they'll say, Gwechi Chandiru, where Oh no. Yes. So if, if you're gay, of course, and you're not conforming in the way you look. There's so much intolerance yeah. in our generation, and I thought we would do better. And unfortunately, again here, the leadership isn't doing much. The yeah. law is dead. If mm -hmm. I've tried to report a harassment case to police, being cut cold with my niece one day on the streets, yeah. and the woman said, I am irritating, mm -hmm. and she said, I deserved to be cut cold, I am I in a short? So the police is not going to help you when you're, when you're being harassed for, for being different. And so I think that, the, and I keep saying this in whatever forum I get, I think it lies in raising our children right. right. Yeah. I see some amazing moms yes. um, raising their kids. I, I see what they're saying on social media, mm -hmm. and I feel like saying, hey, you, 
uh, can I book your son for my daughter? Because it probably won't be that patriarchal man who is going to stress her out. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But I think that if we raise kids to not see intolerance, mm-hmm. um, to not, to not, um, to not hate. If have you talked about your child and told them that um, some people are gay? Mm-hmm. Some people, some because my daughter asks me, why does that man plait his hair and wear lips? I'm like, yeah, some men, some men are like that. that. Yeah, they, that's that's just who they are. Yeah. And I'm not going to say, oh my God, he's going to hell. But um, the parents who are going to say that and say that man is sinning, and so they are creating intolerance in but others. But the, uh, the, the parents who say the game, uh, whatever, oh, it's going to hell, why don't they say the same when all, all these corruption scandals? Let's say money was meant for this Chitezi road, and it was eaten, the parents say, oh, the man that ate this money is going to hell. Then then the kids will be intolerant to corruption, but they don't. No, they don't. Our morality is very selective. And and unfortunately, some of us are passing on this twisted idea of right and wrong to our kids. You keep quiet about corruption. You keep quiet about the women dying on the floors of, of Mulago. <laughs> but you're so outraged when uh, a man wants to plate his hair or paint his nails. You yeah. see, yeah. and and you're, you're raising your kids with that kind of hate in their hearts. Mm-hmm. I think that we have an opportunity to mold our children. Yes. Um, into better people and prepare them for the next Uganda. I think hate, I think, I think prejudice, it's, it's something that's so deep-seated that even when we try to solve it among ourselves, there are NGOs raising awareness, they are loose, sometimes they use, sometimes they're not. But people are not changing and, and our cultures are not changing and, and we're not getting the Uganda we want. Yeah. But there is a real chance that the next generation might be able to be bolder, be more open, be stronger, mm-hmm. be more tolerant and create a country where everybody's welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So, in conclusion, what is this Uganda we want? What's the dream for yourself, your kids, for your, you know? Oh, wow. It's, yeah, what, what we cannot imagine cannot be. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try. <laughs> the Uganda we want. I think, I think the Uganda we want, the Uganda I want my kids to grow up in, is one where you can be yourself mm-hmm. and be the happiest self you can be. Yes. And I'm not talking be the richest, no. No. I'm just talking be the most fulfilled. A Uganda where... Don't go with that sad emoji. <laughs> <laughs> where you don't have to drive sad because you're driving to that job that your parents forced you to do and, <laughs> and you're looking after children you never wanted to have. You know, just, just where that... A Uganda where that woman who wants to wake up one day and say, I'll be single and childless, is not frowned upon. Yeah. A Uganda where, you know, our kids and not their hair is not cut off and turned into be goldy because they cut a French cut where mm-hmm. kids can express themselves, where creativity is encouraged and, and you know, their brains are developing in a way that we are not just saying, okay, you're going to grow up, you're going to be a doctor, where, they, you know, they, they're aspiring for things that we didn't even think they could ever be, astronauts, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or the, the more people are into STEM now, and that's normal because the system is one that opens up my 
minds and doesn't lock you in this this particular space a uganda where we do not see our eyes through the colonial gaze yes where i i will wear back cloth suit to work or dress to work one day and it's not news just mm-hmm. like oh, but our back cloth recently was turned into an is it an, an, an adidas or nike shoe one of those and it is being sold back to us at a <laughs> very expensive we probably deserve that yes, because do. until the colonizer touches it again mm-hmm. it's not worthy yeah. and i think this needs to change and we can get there Mm. Uh, uh, you forgot are Uganda where women can walk without being cut cold are Uganda where women are not looked at uh, where men don't look at women as competition but rather as that uh, as as uh, that important part of the of the population that contributes that actually where our labor is acknowledged exactly. because already Ugandan women are holding are holding the uh, the country on on their back yeah but yet that labor is not acknowledged no yeah we need we need a country where when you stay at home as a wife your husband doesn't say she does nothing all day uh-huh. he says no actually 50% of my salary is because i have somebody at home subsidizing me yeah uh, and where it's okay for men you know to do some of the work and women also go out and earn a living mm. well i think if if i could rewrite uganda's story if i was the president of uganda right now mm-hmm. i would flip it i would turn it on its head yeah, so yeah. if i was the president today i would take care of the software of the country the the little things that would make people happy comfortable mm-hmm. the ability to go out to jog without thinking about how much my hips are protruding from my leggings yeah. um and being attacked for having hips and being a feminine woman mm-hmm. i would work towards a uganda where you know people do not aspire for for more bigger jobs and 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 all these um colonial standards of development bigger houses but bigger for community but, yeah, for community good for fresh air yeah. you know for greener spaces for a fulfilling job mm-hmm. for the ability to look after your not family not me being than, better than my neighbor and that <laughs> makes me feel good about myself exactly so i think i think that uh, in my opinion the gun they want mm-hmm. it's totally different from what we have now yes. and it's just questioning all the standards that they have set for us and saying can we set our own rules mm-hmm. realistic rules that make us happy and fulfilled and yeah. abide by them wow yeah. what a discussion patience <laughs> wow it was nice talking to you bro yeah we hope that this podcast will encourage you to have the audacity to reimagine we are most of us ugandans disillusioned but remember what we cannot imagine cannot be thank you listener thank you for the messages that you send me thank you for the topics that you're encouraging me to talk about until next time bye bye